Hello, hello everyone. Hope you're all doing really well today. Um, if we haven't met before, my name is Emily. I am one of the Chatterbug tutors and streamers. I'm originally from Canada um, and I lived in the UK for about eight years. And currently I am on a big trip. Um, so right now I am in Colombia. I'm just on the coast here waiting for my camper van to arrive so that I can continue to drive south. So come say hi in the chat. Let me know where you're from, how you're doing today. Today, the topic is going to be all about happiness. All right, let's get going. So the UN publishes a report every year called the World Happiness Report. Uh, this is published by the UN Sustainable Development Solutions Network, and this is their 10th year. Uh, all the data is based on a Gallup World Poll survey of 119 countries, um, but it's also supported with research from various universities and organizations. Actually, two of the universities that participate in putting together this report are from Vancouver, where I'm from, uh, the University of British Columbia, and Simon Fraser University. So that was interesting for me to see on there. Um, I went to UBC, actually. I graduated from there about 10 years ago um, with a Bachelor of Commerce degree. Um, and so this World Happiness Report, they look at um, how people are experiencing life positively in different countries around the world. And they take the average of the last three years to come up with a ranking. So today we're gonna to look through how they come up with these rankings, which countries are at the top and bottom of the list, and then we're gonna talk a bit more widely about happiness. So let's see. It's been a tough year, absolutely. It's been a tough couple of years. Um, I mean, we've had the pandemic, we've had war, a disease, extreme weather events, um, you know, lots of flooding and forest fires and economic crisis. So it's been a pretty crazy few years in the world. Um, so how are people experiencing life in a positive way? You know, happiness might be the last thing on many people's minds right now when they're dealing with all of these issues in the world. So what do you think, before we get into it, what do you think makes for a happy society? Um, let's hear what you think. Is this, is this something you think about? Is it just something you experience maybe? Maybe it's the first time you've really stopped and thought, yeah, like what can we do to have a happy society? There's things we can do as inv individuals, but I guess it's all of that coming together. Um, thanks very much, Doris, for a tip. I appreciate it. <laughs> very sweet of you. Um, Georgie from Georgia. Freedom, Minna's answer there, absolutely. I think freedom is a huge, a huge basis for what makes us happy. Friendly people, yeah, so maybe just generally being around people who kind of lift the mood. Um, music, yeah, a society where people maybe listen to happy music, they like to go and dance, that can make for a nice society. 
What are some other things? Collaborating together to achieve goals. Someone else saying freedom, peace. Um, and so Faust is a psychologist and says, it's very complicated as a subject, totally. Yeah, I'm not saying that I am an expert by any means. Normally with my streams, I just find something that I'm interested in, um, in researching a bit or something I come across and then I share with you so we can discuss. So totally Faust, if you have some ideas about what we're saying here today or some ideas about the way that the UN run, ran their study, I'm sure you would have some insight um, you could share with us in the chat. So Dora says, a happy society, just stop controlling our lives. Yes, so that idea of freedom, respect, lots of similar ideas coming up here. Yeah, there's so many things that make for a happy individual, a happy society. Okay, if, and that's someone else that works in psychology too, perfect. So we do have some experts in the chat. It's not me, um, but I'm gonna share some of what I learned in my very quick research here on this UN report. And um, perfect, we'll see what we can learn today and just have a chance to reflect as well. So in this study, they were looking at six factors to come up with what makes a happy society. Uh, the first one, perceptions of corruption. So do people think that their society is completely corrupt? Any extra taxes that are given are going to get taken away. Um, maybe large uh, infrastructure projects that go way over budget. People say, hmm, where's, where's all that extra money going? Um, yeah. So what do people think about their society? Generosity. How much do people give of their time, their money, helping each other, uh, their neighbors? Maybe during the pandemic, you know, people who went out of their way to help elderly people who couldn't leave their house to go get groceries or whatever they needed. These are some examples of people, um, yeah, living with generosity. The third one, many people already mentioned, the freedom to make life choices. Um, Self-explanatory. <laughs> A healthy life expectancy. So the life expectancy ranges a lot around the world um, for various reasons. Good social support. So if you get sick or if you need help to find a job, all these different kind of social nets that are in place in a country to provide support. And finally, GDP per capita. Um, so that could maybe be a bit of a problematic one to include, um, but I think basically what the study said was that they were trying to use different measures which would be easy to compare across countries. So they didn't use things like unemployment because the data was quite difficult to get in a comparable way. Um, and they didn't use things like inequality as well because it was also too challenging across the countries to come up with some comparable data. And when they're doing this study, they're not looking at causation. So they're not looking at this happens because of this, but they're trying to see some correlation um, between the different topics. Hmm. And the sample size per country 
was uh, between two to 3,000 per country. And they say that this gives a 95% confidence interval. So if you know something about statistics, I think it goes 65, 95, 99 point something. So it's quite a good confidence level that they have in the survey responses with that uh, data size. So let me hear about your country. So we're gonna keep it positive for now. And I haven't put GDP per capita in it um, because that one's more of just a data point. I'm curious about your view, your perception. Which one do you think your country would rank well on out of these five? Now, maybe you live somewhere you think it's doing great on all of them. Maybe you live somewhere you think they could improve on everything. But which one do you think actually out of these five, they're doing the best? And come let me know in the chat what country that is and why you thought that. And so Brisa's um, point as a psychologist is that everyone has to first um, lead themselves and then uh, the world next. So yeah, I mean, every community, city, country, <laughs> the world is made up of individuals. So of course, what we can do as individuals will help to build a better society. So in the chat, someone's saying all of them, someone's saying none of them in the chat. Um, let me know which country you're from and maybe why you chose, chose that item. You know, in some countries in the world, maybe they don't have much, um, there's high poverty, but people are still very generous with their time or with what they do have. Um, you hear stories of people who are traveling and they're invited into people's homes for a meal. Um, even though, you know, they don't have very much themselves. Interesting point from Faust, um, who's a psychologist as well. So many studies show that societies during war were very respectful. So during the world wars um, and sustainable. But in peacetimes, we tend to see competition, um, increased jealousy. Interesting. So it's like when things are good, we look for a problem, maybe. Um, we can't just enjoy the peace. There's always some sort of fight going on. Very interesting. And so generosity making the top one. So those of you who answered generosity, please come in the chat and give me an example from your country. Let us know what your country is and what is an example of your people, your society um, with generosity. All right. So let's go to the next one. So that's just your view of your country. Now, I want to know for you as an individual, which is the most important for you out of those five. So I've left GDP out of there again, um, just those top five. Which one for you is the most important? living in a society without corruption, living in a very generous society, living in a society where you have the freedom to make choices, um, where there's a healthy life expectancy, or where there's good social support. Which one would be the most important? Let's say you were moving to a new country, what would you look at? Okay, I want a country with really high rankings on this. 
Um, I think they're all certainly important. I think for, <clears throat> for me, I think the freedom one would probably come up pretty high, if not on top. I'll just give you a moment there. Yeah, so Danny says helping without the intention of receiving something. So that would be an example of generosity. Yeah, I think living in a society like that <coughs> should certainly help with happiness. Social supports are really important. Yeah, in a lot of European countries, they have very strong social support. So if you find yourself without a job, without a home, other life problems, they have lots of ways to support you. All right. Sorry, I'm a bit, feeling a bit sick today still, so <laughs> I might be coughing a bit, but not too bad. Better than yesterday. <laughs> okay. And so Mina says we need all of them and we're feeding, we are fighting to achieve them. Certainly, Mina from Iran right now, I know you're all fighting um, very hard for freedom. And I hope for some good positive change in your country. Um, so Faust says, yeah, in France, so as I was saying, the European countries, they have freedom and a lot of social support, absolutely. And thank you for people saying get well soon, thanks. Yeah, I just, I picked up a cold a couple days ago and Yesterday, I just slept pretty much the whole day. So I think I'm just about there. Um, healthy life expectancy is topping out. Okay, cool. Let's go to the next one. So what do you think about these factors that have been included? Um, especially those of you who are psychologists in the chat who might have more of a professional view. Do you think that it makes sense to compare the world on these six factors? Or do you think um, there's something there that is missing or something that shouldn't be included? Let's hear what you think. And then we'll get into a little bit more about the study. I've just included a couple points from the study in this stream, but if you are interested, um, you can search the UN World Happiness Report and all of the reports are publicly available. There's some interactive tables where you can go and uh, check the data for the countries if you're interested. So this will just be an intro for you today. All right. So it seems everyone's pretty happy with, oh, women's rights, okay, yeah. Totally, women's rights is extremely important. I guess maybe that could fit under the freedom to, to make your own life choices potentially for some of the women's rights, but not entirely. Um, emotional factors. Yeah, I mean, happiness is an emotion. That's a great point. I guess it would be like how to measure those emotional factors then. And mainly well-defined. Okay, so... There's a couple of things that could be missing out of here, but generally we think it sounds. 
Good. And so, Sunny, you said right of the own meaning. What do you what do you mean by that, Sunny? Maybe in the chat, um, clarify what you mean by that. Okay. So all of the countries are ranked, and in order to rank them against some baseline or some benchmark um, for the study, they created a. a a fake country called dystopia. So a dystopia means somewhere where everything is wrong. It's the opposite of a utopia, which means a place where it's the absolute perfect place to live. Um, and so this country dystopia that they created is the place where there's the least happy people in the world. And so all countries can be compared favorably against this. So dystopia is baseline zero effectively. <coughs> Okay. And in the picture there, we have something which maybe could show what a dystopia looks like. So everything's dead, it's dark, it's all broken and falling apart. That could be a dystopia. And so to keep it on a bit of a positive note, actually, um, the report found that humans are very resilient in the face of crisis and catastrophe. I mean, of course, humans have been through, you know, much throughout the history of time, and we are able to kind of adapt and find happiness, find, um, find a way to survive, to persevere in the face of crisis. So they found that even though we've had the pandemic and all of these issues in our world, the global levels of happiness have not dropped significantly. So people are still finding ways to be happy. So someone there before said, you know, during the times of war, actually we had high collaboration, people coming together, generosity. So maybe when we're going through these really difficult times, as a, as a society, we're able to um, see the best in humanity somehow. Um, while the worst of humanity is happening, maybe we see the best in others. Um, you can think about what's going on with the pandemic or wars or natural disasters when people come and help each other. Uh, you might be going through the most difficult time in your life. Maybe your house has been ruined, but your community comes together to help you. So it's an interesting perspective, you know, times of dark, what, um, what we could feel like. So three more themes that were kind of pulled out of the report. Um, I'll go through these in a little bit more detail. Um, the first is that benevolence, so that means giving or being charitable, um, drives well-being. So benevolence is kind of a combination of trust, generosity, kindness. Um, and when there's high levels of benevolence in a society, this is a key driver of happiness. So it's like that example I gave of some, something goes wrong and everyone comes together to help you. So the more that you are around people who are like this, that are trustworthy, kind, and generous, um, and the more that you yourself try to be like this, um, the better your life experience will be. So the more you will be able to see positive ways um, in the world. Um, so yeah, even during times like the pandemic, if you focus on this trust, generosity, and kindness, it can help you get through to the other side. 
Uh, freedom is key. I think many times freedom is a key word here that we keep saying over and over again. It's something that people fight very hard to get. It's things that people fight to keep. Um, you know, it's not a given that you're going to live in a free society. So it definitely relies on people constantly focusing on this. Um, and people thrive when they feel that they are free to do what they want in their life. So happiness certainly comes from freedom. Um, and let's see here, the last one. So money and health do matter. Um, so GDP per capita and life expectancy, um, just when it's, when it's not there, it's missed. I mean, you don't need to have excessive wealth, but if you don't have enough, then it certainly is going to impact your happiness. And so if you have a good baseline of money and health, then you are able to live in a prosperous and happy way. So Nita has a good good um, example from Turkey. So in my country, people are very sensitive to each other's needs. Um, perfect. So that's that example of benevolence. And I've been to Turkey a couple of times and I agree, the people there were really warm, welcoming, helpful. It's a wonderful culture. And so when you are around people like that, it has a positive effect on your happiness. Okay, so let's go into the rankings now. Which country do you think is at the top of the list? Do you think it's Luxembourg, Switzerland, Finland, Iceland or Canada? Which one do you think is at the top of the list? So Luxembourg, the country where there's a lot of, um, I think it's um, one of the highest, one of the highest GDP per capitas in the world where a lot of people work um, for finance companies. There's a lot of companies that are kind of um, headquartered there. Switzerland, very high quality of life. Finland, it's cold up there, uh, <clears throat> but high social support. Iceland's another one, which I think Iceland is one of the most equal countries in the world for uh, men and women, I think I've read, or Canada, which is where I'm from, which is a very open society, uh, multicultural. What do you think? Okay, most people have got this one correct. So the answer is Finland. So it's cold up there. They don't have sun for a lot of the year, but they are managing to be very happy people. <laughs> okay, and here's the top 10. I'm not sure if you can see it well on your screen. You might need to put your phone sideways, see if it goes a bit bigger. But we have our top 10 here. Um, the Nordics are always very strong on these types of studies, as you may know. Um, so we have Finland, Denmark, Iceland, Switzerland, Netherlands, Luxembourg, Sweden, Norway, Israel, and New Zealand. So the European countries are showing very strong there, in particular Northern Europe. Which I don't know, if, is that a surprise for you? Let me know in the chat. Did you expect that those Nordic countries would be at the top? And why? What do you know about them? Um, and hello from India, just joined us. Welcome.
And Faust, Faust, one of our psychologists in the chat, says that man is naturally social, so this means he needs others in his life. Yes, totally. That's. I I also agree. That is our natural state. All right. So those were our top ten. And as I said, if you want to go see where your country ranked, see how it did on the different factors, you can go and um, look up the UN World Happiness Report. Okay, what about the bottom of the list? So not all countries in the world were included. They need to have enough data to include them in each report. So there was 146 this year. What do you think it is? Is it Tanzania, Rwanda, Lebanon, Afghanistan, or Togo? And yes, so Faust says, indeed, the Scandinavian countries have social support and freedom, definitely. Yeah, also very equal societies uh, between men and women, um, low inequality. So those Scandinavian countries always... I don't know. I guess we have lots to learn from them in our other countries. You've, you know, even in Canada, the United Kingdom where I lived, we have lots to learn from those Scandinavian countries. And of course, a lot of you got this one correct. So right now, you know, there's war, a lot of people having to leave their country um, because of the Taliban in Afghanistan. So they are having a really difficult time right there, there right now. And so the ability to be happy, even if you live in a society where people want to help each other and are very benevolent uh, with that level of despair and tragedy, it's, it's a challenge. So hope, hoping that I don't know, their people can find some change some, somehow, but it's difficult living in Afghanistan at the moment. And here's our bottom 10 here. Um, so Zambia, Malawi, Tanzania, Sierra Leone, Lesotho, Botswana, Rwanda, Zimbabwe, Lebanon, and Afghanistan at the bottom there, which has quite a bit of a drop from Lebanon. So... It's, yeah, tough, some tough places to live where I'm sure, you know, there are still people who are finding ways to be happy in their family, in their community. Um, but this is sort of in general compared to, uh, compared to maybe what life could be in these places. So let's go a bit more broadly now and just talk about happiness at the individual level. What are things that you do to maintain a happy life? What are some things that you can do to maintain a happy life? Um, so Nita says, if... Freedom damages others living than it isn't freedom. I agree. Yeah. I think, you know, the freedom to live your life without harm to others could maybe be the way that we phrase what we're talking about with freedom. Um, 
you know, it's the freedom to make choices for yourself, your body, your family, without negatively impacting others. I think that's definitely uh, a key point. And Faust says, my parents' country, Algeria, it's very rich, um, but people are not happy. So Faust, why is that? Is there high levels of corruption? Um, what are the things in Algeria you think that make it so rich, yet people are not happy? Okay. And so... MK can't catch my words because don't speak English very well. So this is an advanced stream. So some of the vocabulary might be more challenging. Um, but if you want to watch the stream later, subtitles are added later. So right now this is a live stream. But if you would like to watch with subtitles, you can go and check the stream later. Or you could go and watch some streams uh, for lower levels. So try that out if if you're finding it challenging. And that's a great quote there, Eva. Live and I, what I've heard is live and let live, or live and let others live. So your freedom shouldn't uh, impact someone else's freedom. Totally. So love and let others to enjoy your family, be, be at peace with yourself. Okay, and so Faust says Algeria, where his parents are from, it's um, an authoritarian, authoritarian and corruptive government. So even though it's wealthy, people are not sharing in that wealth. Um, be loving and respectful in your dealings with other people, totally. Yeah, I mean, even when it's strangers, you never know what they're going through that day, what struggles they have. So, you know, just being kind to people in restaurants, people you meet on the street. Um, give people the benefit of the doubt means that if they do something kind of wrong or bad, don't get mad right away. Try to be be gentle with people. Okay. All right, so some good ideas. We'll go through some more in a bit. And what are some of the things that are outside of your control that frustrate you the most? Um, maybe about where you live, about your current life situation. So I think things like, um, like corruption are really frustrating. You know, in some countries, I think the politicians might be a little bit sneaky about it. Um, they pretend it's not happening. But in other countries, they are very blatant or very ob obvious about what they're doing. And that's quite frustrating. I think when you see people living in such poverty and yet the wealthy people are thriving, s sending their kids abroad to live in London or New York, and yet the most of the population is maybe dying of hunger. That's pretty frustrating. So I think, yeah, like inequality and, um, yeah, I think inequality and corruption, I find very frustrating. 
So Eva says, I'm from a country, I don't want to mention the name as I'm proud as a citizen, but due to polit politicians, people are suffering. Yeah. And so often these politicians come into office saying they're going to do all these wonderful things for the people, um, populist governments that speak to kind of the lower class in society, um, say, you know, we're going to change everything for you. And then once they have power, they become just as bad as any other politician. And Faust suggests we all need to read the book Animal Farm again to see the value of freedom. Totally. <coughs> Absolutely. Okay, so Muriel has the point when people talk behind your back is the most frustrating. Yeah, so it's out of your out of your control. So that's people kind of acting maliciously or dishonestly. Taxes can frustrate, yeah. So, I mean, there's some countries where the taxes are very high, but people are okay with it. So those Northern European countries, we saw that were the happiest um, because there are lower levels of corruption. I'm not going to say no corruption because I don't know that that exists anywhere in the world. But people, if they understand the tax money is going towards things that they can see, they understand um, there's transparency in these social budgets. I think that's um, maybe when, when taxes can be okay. And Mirella from Lebanon, it's a beautiful country, um, but the politicians have made our life bad. So there's many problems. Yeah, it's very sad. It's challenging when those things are out of your control. I mean, of course you have voting, but even in some countries, you don't really have a proper vote, do you? Um, you know, people from the opposition go missing or they get put into jail just before elections so that you don't really have a choice. Um, sometimes even if there is an election between two people, maybe each choice isn't really that good. <laughs> so it's challenging even when you have the right to vote. So Rahab saying in my country, they tell us what to wear, what to do. So that lack of freedom is very frustrating. And war and conflict. Absolutely, very sad. Okay, some good examples there. Okay, so in the study, they it's quite a long one, but if, it, if it's interesting to you, particularly if you work in this area, um, go have a read. Um, they found... You know, there's definitely differences in happiness between people, even if they are in the same country or the same family. Some people are just happier than others naturally. So there was a study that they looked at um, of identical twins, and those who grew up apart were more similar in their well-being or their happiness than fraternal twins who grew up Um Oh, no, sorry, grew up together, I should say, for the fraternal twins. So there was an idea that maybe genetics was a stronger indicator uh, of happiness than upbringing. So I read a bit more. And in the end, they did a few more studies. They showed that probably about 30 to 40% comes from your genetics. So you can't really change it. Some people are going to be naturally happier, able to see the bright side of things, and about 60% comes from your environment.
All right. And so an example in the chat about the last one, people said taxes are frustrating. Faust says in France, I'm happy to pay the higher tax because I know it goes to help others. So there's that sort of um, understanding and belief that the money is going to go to the right place. Um, another part in the study said that they thought, um, they found that, um, what was it here? I think the pink one was how much your, uh, how much your environment impacted you. So married women and married men, when you're in your environment, it affects you more than maybe what your genetic disposition was. Um, so they said maybe when you're in a marriage, it limits sort of your genetic, um, I don't know, genetic predisposition towards happiness um, because you become more of a pair rather than an individual, I guess, depending how much time you're spending together. But anyways, that was just one interesting little point in the study. So go and check it out if you want to learn more. And finally, I thought I would just end on this big list of happy habits um, to give us some ideas of what we can do as individuals. So smile. I've read somewhere just the act of smiling can send triggers to your brain to feel happy. So smile at other people. They'll usually smile back, even if you don't speak the same language. I always, when I'm in other countries, Sometimes people will look at me strangely because I look different than them, um, but I smile and then they smile back. Um, or you might say good morning in their language, whatever it is. Maybe they're kind of staring at you and like, what are you doing here? But you smile <laughs> and it's reciprocated. Getting exercise, even if that's just a walk around the block, getting out and moving gives you endorphins, um, getting enough sleep at night, um, that for me is super important. I find if I don't get enough sleep, I become very cranky. <laughs> um, so if it's been a few nights of bad sleep, I'll usually have to have one big one to catch up. Eat with your mood in mind. So things like junk food or very heavy food can sometimes negatively impact how you're feeling. Whereas if you have maybe like a fresh juice and a salad, nourishing food, can help you feel better. Practice gratitude. So there's a lot of things to complain about in the world, in our lives. We're all dealing with different issues, but trying to focus on saying that you're grateful for the things you have, talking about those with your partner or family. Give compliments to other people. It always feels great to receive a compliment. Um, so giving honest, friendly compliments to people breathing deeply. So when you're feeling stressed out, those deep breaths are a good way to calm down. Keep a journal. This is something that I'm not very good at myself. Um, I would say that like putting stories on Instagram is probably like my journal for me because I sort of keep up with that um, a little bit. But actually writing down a journal in a journal is a good way to organize your thoughts and feelings to reflect on it. Um, let me know in the chat, are you able to keep a journal? I've tried sometimes when I've been traveling because I thought it would be a fun thing to look back on, but I just don't keep up with it. <laughs> um, 
What do we have next? Let's see some more ones in the chat. Some people can be happy with the littlest things. So happiness isn't gained with money. Yeah. I think on the topic of money, I've read some studies that say, you know, uh, happiness does increase to a point at a certain amount of money. It would probably be different for each country. But once you reach that point where you're kind of able to um, cover your basic needs and wants, then the rest of the money doesn't add that much happiness, if any at all. Um, okay, let's see where else we are. So next, avoid comparing yourself to others. This can be extremely toxic. Um, so everyone's on their own journey. Compare yourself to the you from yesterday, from last year. Um, look at your focus on yourself and your own journey of what you're trying to go towards. Everyone else will have other pressures and also other um, things that might be benefiting them that you don't even know about. Uh, declutter your space. So I've heard a cluttered space is a cluttered mind. So if your room or your home is very messy, it can be difficult to have a clear mind. See your friends. Get into nature. Like in the picture here, we have this woman going for a run in a park, maybe. Uh, explore meditation. That could be tied to the breathing deeply. Um, consider therapy if you're really not feeling well and you need someone to talk about some other strategies. Have some self-care rituals. So maybe on a Sunday, you like to go for a massage or you just have a long bath, put on some candles, some different things that you do to relax and take care of yourself. Give back, whether that's through volunteering or giving money. So that's that benevolence idea that we talked about earlier, which is a big driver for happiness. Let go of grudges against people. Um, don't hold on to them. It's only affecting you negatively. And finally, I think one of my favorites and one that I do the most is plan a trip. So I love to travel. It gives me a lot of uh, joy and happiness to learn about new cultures, visit new places. So for me, plan a trip um, is certainly an important one. Um, so there's a big, big, big list. We went through a ton of information today. Um, hopefully that was helpful. If you're interested in learning more, as I said, just Google the UN World Happiness Report. It's a great way to practice your English. If you can read it in English, that would be wonderful. Definitely some advanced vocabulary in the report. And I think that's it for us today. So I hope you have a happy rest of your day or evening, wherever you are in the world today. It was nice to have you here and we will talk soon. Take care. Bye.